Welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast with your host, Lara Nassessian, the podcast that shares the mindset, habits, tools, and tactics of inspiring women. Hi, everyone. This is Lara Nassessian, and welcome to the Boss in Heels podcast. I am so happy to be here with each of you today and to do a solo episode on a topic which I have received a number of requests for. I have received a number of DMs on Instagram and a few emails which have come through as well asking for me to talk through this topic and topics of this particular nature, which is all around how to remain calm amongst chaos in chaotic corporate environments. I know that's a bit of a mouthful. And also how to deal with difficult people in the workplace as well. I suppose if you are someone who works in a corporate environment, or even if you are an entrepreneur and have to deal with stakeholders, then chances are you are in a role which requires you to deal with people on a daily basis. And as we all know, you know, not everyone is as nice or as easy as we would like them to be. And this is a topic that I find particularly interesting and it's certainly nothing that is ever going to go away either. I think so long as we are operating as human beings in corporate environments and in workplaces, we are going to have to deal with all different types of personalities. And the thing is, no one actually teaches us how to do this. There is no rule book. This is not a topic that is taught in school. And that is a whole other thing I could talk about because I think that the school system is so broken. And I think that if only schools actually taught real life skills around people management and around leadership and around money management and all of these things, you know, the world would be a better place. And I think that, you know, people would really be equipped more with the tools that are actually going to help them. So I love talking about these types of topics because if it is something that provides value to you, if it's something that you can take away and apply in your career and your life, even if you just take one or two key tips or golden nuggets away with you today, like I feel like my job is done. So before we get stuck into today's episode, just a quick reminder, if you are enjoying the show, then the best way that you can show your support is by subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And also by jumping onto my new show on YouTube called Boss in Hills TV and giving that a like and subscribe as well. It really takes like two seconds to do so. And it helps the show out tremendously and also ensures that we are reaching the right audiences. So if you could take a moment to do that, I would be enormously grateful um, and thankful to you. So, without further ado, I am going to get stuck into today's episode, which as I mentioned is around remaining calm amongst chaotic corporate environments and also dealing with difficult people. So, before I sort of go through the tips, I guess I wanted to share some context or share some insight around my experiences in this and also 
um, let you know that I guess I'm coming from a bit of a qualified place because outside of Boston Hills, I maintain a very demanding role as a general manager of HR. And I've had my career in human resources for over 11 years now. And during that time, let me tell you, <laughs> I've seen it all. I've heard it all. I've done it all. Um, it's really fascinating. Just the world of people and people management is forever a fascinating topic to me. I actually have a uh, background in psychology as well. So I studied um, two degrees in psychology before I started my career in HR. And so understanding the human mind and interaction between people is something that I find really, really interesting. And the thing is, people find it really difficult to deal with these situations because like I touched on, it's not something that we're taught. You know, no one actually equips us with these tools and these skills. And so, what happens is we just kind of go through life. You know, we go through school, some of us go on to, you know, complete tertiary qualifications or go to uni or college or whatever it might be. And then we're just kind of dumped into the corporate world with no formal training. I mean, there might be the technical training if you are in a technical role and you required a university degree or some other qualification to get you in the role. But other than that, there's no other real gateway when it comes to learning how to handle with different personalities and understanding that we're not all wired the same way. And so, what happens is that we see clashes in in personalities. We see clashes in meetings, in situations. We receive emails which can come across as very rude and abrupt. But the reality is that, you know, we're all wired so differently and, you know, people all operate from their place of knowing. They operate from a place that they feel is authentic to them or a place that they think they need to be in order to be effective in their role. So, what is really interesting when you kind of look at the psychology behind human behavior in the workplace is that some people are a natural fit into into the role that they're in. So, for some people, for example, that you know, if they if you did a personality profile on someone who's in an EA role or in a reception role, you're going to typically see a very different profile to someone who's in accounting or finance. And so what happens is we end up in these corporate environments with this mix of very different personalities, mix of very different behavioral characteristics and traits. And then we're all just expected to get along with each other and it can sometimes be a bit disastrous. In high pressure situations, it can also become really problematic because if you are in the type of role or industry or working on a project that is really demanding or really stressful, are you going to typically get the best of the worst out of people? You're usually going to get the worst out of people when people are under stress, when people are already feeling overwhelmed or overworked or tired or anxious, they're not going to be coming from their best place. And this is where a lot of problems can 
take place. This is where we can often see lots of difficult personalities come through. And perhaps you might not even be in one of those environments and you just work with difficult personalities. You just work with difficult people, rude people, Debbie Downers, negative Nancys, <laughs> people that are just really toxic, um, people that just don't want to be there, people who are not motivating or inspiring, people who give off bad vibes and bad energy. And what I wanted to talk about today is really how do you deal with that? You know, how do you show up as your best self and how do you deal with these difficult situations and personalities in order to get really great outcomes for yourself and, you know, for your team or your business or the people around you as well. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of being able to remain calm within chaotic corporate environments is firstly to get yourself into a good headspace and a good state first. This is so important because I think that if you aren't good to yourself and if you aren't treating yourself kindly, if you're not giving yourself the time, the love, the energy that you need in order to fill up your own cup first, then you're never going to be able to show up as your best self. You're never going to be able to respond and react as your best self. You know, that's when you're most likely to also, you know, snap or get really emotional or take things really harshly because you're not even in a state where you're feeling like you're operating at your most optimal self. So, I am such a big believer. This is one thing that I know for sure. I know for sure that in order to be good to others, you need to be good to yourself first. So, if you are coming place from a place of reactivity, tension, sadness, anxiety, frustration, feelings like you're on edge, you're not going to be in a good place to deal with other people's feelings of reactivity, tension, anxiety, stress, anger, rage, fill in the blank. You need to be good to yourself first before you're able to show up as your best self, but also respond to difficult personalities and difficult people in the workplace. So, if you just kind of think about your own situation right now, you know, are you taking care of yourself and are you doing things for yourself before you show up to work and before you go to work for someone else or before you're engaging in emails and phone calls and meetings? What are you actually doing for yourself before you go to work? Are you, you know, investing in some self-care? Do you have a morning routine? Are you getting your mind right? You know, what are those things that you're doing for yourself to look after yourself? Because if you're not good to yourself, then other people are not going to get the best version of you. And you're also not going to be able to respond or react. Um, you're more likely going to blow up. You're more likely going to cave into the drama that's unfolding, whatever it might be. So, 
That is one point that I really wanted to just kind of share right off the bat is in order to deal with chaotic work environments, you firstly need to get yourself into a good state. You need to look after yourself. You need to get your mind right. You need to fill up your own cup um, and really just take care of that side of things first. The second thing that I wanted to share in terms of being able to remain calm, and again, you know, this really, I suppose this is really kind of like a sub topic of, you know, getting yourself into a good state is, you know, having, um, you know, having some sort of regular workout routine, having some sort of physical release, whether it is, getting up and going for a walk every day, whether it's, you know, running it out, you know, running is so great for your headspace. If you are feeling like you've got a lot of tension building up and a lot of frustration and rage and anger, do something like boxing, like build these things into your routine, like go sign up for a class, go like build something into your routine, um, you know, work out a few times a week, go for a walk in nature, you know, every day if you can, or at least, you know, a couple of times a week. Um, but really for me, working out is one of the biggest stress relievers for me. It really acts as a release and it helps me to de-stress, decompress, and to start my day off in a state of calm. So particularly during this like, you know, COVID period where there's been so much more chaos, I think it's been more important than ever before to make sure that I'm working out. And even when I didn't have access to things like a gym because of being in lockdown or things like that, it was engaging in some sort of physical exercise on a daily basis, whether it was walking, yoga, that home workout, etc., which was, you know, just as effective. Um, and really just working with whatever you've got available to you whenever you can fit it in. I prefer to work out in the morning. I do it usually like a walk or run or something like that. And then I also do some evening classes as well a couple of times per week. Um, but really just making that conscious effort to get your blood pumping and get your body moving. And this is particularly important when we've got stressful periods or unusual circumstances that demand more of us. I think that it's even more important to maintain some sort of structure or routine and doing things that are good for your mind, body, and soul. And so working out is a really, you know, great way to do that. The other thing that is really helpful in terms of getting yourself into a good state and into a great headspace is all around meditation and mindfulness. So practicing meditation and mindfulness is something which I've incorporated into my daily routine. And let me tell you, it has had a significant impact in terms of my state of mind and how calm I feel when I start my day. If I do my morning routine versus on the, I can't tell you the last time I skipped my morning routine. Like I really couldn't even give you a date, but if I ever did skip a day, I, the difference would be you know, day and night, you know, you cannot even compare what practicing mindfulness on a daily basis or practicing breath work on a daily basis has done for my mindset. Um, 
And particularly when you are in high stress situations and environments, um, you know, we are, you know, operating from this unusual period. We are in a stressful environment already. We're operating from a higher state of mental alert, alertness, which can ultimately lead to increased feelings of stress and anxiety. So by ensuring that, you know, you're doing something like practicing meditation on a daily basis, it means that you're able to start your day with a sense of calm and control. And what I find is that when I I start my day in that state, it means that I'm able to make better decisions throughout the course of the day. Whereas if I'm starting from a place of reactivity, stress, chaos, how do you think, you know, that's going to transpire throughout the day? Like it's certainly not going to help. So by taking 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, whatever you've got, you know, Tony Robbins has got this quote that says, if you don't have 10 minutes to spend on yourself and invest in yourself, you don't have a life. Um, that's a quote by Tony Robbins, not by me, but it's so true. If you can't even find 10 minutes for yourself, what are you doing? You know, and ask yourself, you know, what else are you actually doing with your time? If you say to me, Lara, I don't have 10 minutes in, in my day. I would say, well, what about 10 minutes when you're scrolling on Instagram or, you know, watching Netflix or, you know, standing by the water cooler gossiping about, you know, that new person that started that you don't really like? What about all of those things? All of those 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes accumulate. And how are you being really conscious and mindful about how you're spending your time? So actually blocking this out putting it in your calendar and treating it like an appointment, treating it like a really important meeting with your CEO or with an investor. Like you would show up for them. So why not show up 10 minutes for yourself? Um, so I really feel the benefits of practicing mindfulness and gratitude every day. Um, and in terms of gratitude, even just, you know, putting pen to paper for a few minutes each morning and writing down the things that I feel grateful for, um, helps me to stay positive, helps me to increase my focus and helps me to focus on all of the good things in my life as well, as opposed to all of the negativity. And one thing I have learned is that what you focus on expands, right? So when you focus on the good, the good gets better. Whereas if you're going to focus on the negative, the negative is just going to spiral out of control. And before it, you've gone down this deep, dark route of negativity. And it's like, who wins in that situation? Like no one wins from that. So really just kind of building in some of these really great practices. Um, And the other thing around, you know, maintaining a sense of calm and making sure that you're in a good headspace before you go to work, before you're dealing with people is really to find ways to self-care And this is a really big part of my life and being able to maintain all of the things that I do because some weeks I feel like the blood is sucked out of me. (laughs) I feel like everybody wants a piece of me. Everybody wants something. I'm constantly problem solving. I'm constantly putting out fires. I'm constantly dealing with people. And it's like, well, if I'm doing that for everybody else, what the hell am I doing for myself? I cannot help all of these people 
I cannot use my mind strategically or calmly or rationally if I'm not investing in myself from a self-care perspective. And so there are so many forms of self-care that you can take. You know, it could be something like going on a coastal walk. It could just be, you know, sitting out in the sunshine with a coffee and, you know, reading a book. It could be, you know, making sure that you're getting some good sleep and good rest. It could be, you know, just doing something that brings you a little bit of joy or just chilling out and watching a movie and eating your favorite food. It could be spending time with people who really fuel your soul and make you feel really, really whole and complete and good about yourself. Um, It could also be things like booking in beauty treatments and spa treatments. And like, I have to share my latest obsession and my favorite ritual (laughs) is going to the infrared sauna. Like I am completely obsessed with this. It is a really effective in terms of time, um, money, because it's not as expensive as say going and getting a massage. And I'm really particular about (laughs) where I get my massages from. Um, so usually going to an infrared sauna is a much more cost effective way of making sure that I'm getting in that downtime, but also there's so many benefits to doing it. It makes me feel so much more calm. It regulates, you know, your, um, heart rate. It, you know, if you're looking to look at some physical benefits, it really um, can help people lose weight. It helps with muscle soreness and recovery. It helps with your skin. It helps you to decompress, like the list of benefits goes on. And I just feel so good and so calm after sitting in an infrared sauna for 45 minutes. Like that really helps me to decompress in a really big way. And so whatever it is that works for you, find your jam, like find your thing that is going to help you come back to a state of calm so that you're operating from a place of calm and not from a place of chaos. And so all of that is to go to say that before you even show up to work, before you even think about dealing with being in a stressful work environment, what are you doing for yourself first? How are you showing up to work yourself? Because if you walk into a chaotic environment and your mind is already chaos, that is a recipe for disaster. Whereas if you walk into a chaotic environment, but from a state of absolute calm and control, that is powerful. Like I cannot even tell you how much calm is actually a superpower. And the more and more I have spent time dealing with really successful and really effective executives and leaders, the more I know that they are people that are operating as calm within the chaos. So it doesn't matter what is exploding or erupting around them, they are absolutely calm. And I guess the same analogy can go to when you're on a flight. You know, if you're on a flight and you're experiencing 
significant turbulence and things are feeling really rocky and you're starting to freak out a little bit, what is the first thing that you do? You look at the face of the flight attendant and you see, okay, that flight attendant looks really calm. If you looked at the flight attendant and that flight attendant had a look, an energy, an aura of fear and panic, how do you think that's going to make everybody else feel? Um, Not good. (laughs) Not good is the answer. So, just kind of thinking about that, like what kind of person do you want to show up as? Do you want to contribute to the chaos or do you want to be the calm amongst the chaos? And if you want to be the calm amongst the chaos, then what are you doing to become calm? What are you doing to start operating from a place of calm? Because you're not going to help the problem if you're coming from a place of reactivity and overwhelm and stress. Not helpful. You need to acknowledge that, you know, whatever has hit the fan (laughs) and really be able to just think clearly and think strategically and make everybody else in that situation feel calm. So that is probably like a really big and important point that I wanted to get across is like, It's all well and good to look at the environment that we're in, but how are you showing up in that environment? Because if you are calm and then you enter that chaotic environment, one, you can have more influence, you can be more effective, and you'll also be able to instill a sense of calmness in other people and be able to perhaps talk other people off the ledge, so to speak. You know, other people that are feeling really reactive or panicked, you can't help them if you're in that same state as them. So that is like a really big point um, that I wanted to try and get across is that you have to be good to yourself before you can be good to others. And you have to operate from a state of calm and control before you can start to influence and impact your environment and circumstances around you. So um, that is one really big point that I um, (laughs) wanted to get across. The second thing that I wanted to talk to is to focus on what you can control and focusing on your mindset and really focusing on the things that you can control versus the things that we can't control. So again, it's like if we use this like recent COVID period as an example, it's like, you know, do you want to choose to, you know, live your state in, live your life in a state of panic and hysteria and buy into everyone else's fear? Or do you want to handle the situation from a state of calm and control? And I genuinely believe that there's an adage, right, that says that life is 10% what happens to us and 90% how we choose to respond to it. And it could not be more true. There's so many things that can happen to us. There's so many things that can happen in our day that are unexpected, that are out of our control. But how you choose to respond to those things is entirely up to you. So are you going to respond reactively? Are you going to lose it? 
Are you going to, you know, contribute to the problem? Are you going to get together with your colleagues and gossip and feed into that negative spiral? Or are you going to look at something that's happened and actually strategically work through that problem? Um, I guess that's the difference between, you know, people that are true leaders and people that are followers. And I guess there's nothing wrong with being a follower, but you just have to work out who you want to be. You just have to ask yourself the question, how do you want to show up in this world? Do you want to lead or do you want to follow? And that choice is entirely up to you, but your behavior and the way that you respond, the way that you react um, determines that. And so that is something that you can control. And so I really just wanted to touch on that. And, um, you know, again, going back to a workplace environment, there's so many things that could happen. The company could make certain decisions. You know, you could be your boss might resign and then you might get stuck with a new horrible boss that you don't like and you didn't want to, you know, report into that person. What are you going to do about it? You know, you can't control the fact that these things happened, but the way that you choose to respond and react to them is absolutely within your control. And so just sometimes taking a little bit of a step back and thinking about, you know, what is the outcome that I'm trying to achieve here? You know, what is the best case scenario? What is it that I want to get out of this situation? And how can I, you know, work with that person or work with the set of cards that have been dealt with me to really drive a beneficial outcome for everyone involved here? And when you think from that perspective, then really everyone can win. You know, if you think about how can we collectively win from this situation versus, you know, I'm so unhappy with this situation and it sucks. Again, it's just, it's a bit of a mindset shift. Um, But certainly something to start thinking about is, you know, to focus on what you can control and how you're going to respond and react and to let go of the things that are outside of your control. Um, So I guess in terms of mindset, the other thing that I think is really important is to be selective with who you surround yourself with. And again, I know that this can be really difficult in a corporate environment when sometimes, you know, you don't get to choose your team. You don't get to choose who who you are sitting next to or those kinds of things. But I think what you can do is choose how you want to interact with those people, who you really want to spend your time with, for example, in a social setting or outside of work, who are you going to align yourself with? Um, And these are some of the things that really do have a big impact and influence in terms of who we become as well. Um, So I really try and pride myself on living a positive life and having a positive mindset. And that doesn't mean that I don't have bad days. That doesn't mean that I don't have any negative thoughts. I would be lying if I said those things didn't happen. They do. But I really focus on trying to live as positive of a life as possible and try to replace any negative thoughts with positive ones. And when something bad happens or when something frustrating happens, asking myself the question, how much airtime am I going to give this? 
And how much is this going to actually matter in five years time? And most of the time when I stop and I actually consciously ask myself those questions, it then reminds me that, you know, this thing that I find so infuriating (laughs) in this moment really is going to have zero bearing in my life in five years time. I'm not even going to remember it. So why the hell am I investing so much energy and time and effort into stewing on this when it's not serving me? Like who is that ultimately hurting? It's hurting me. It's not hurting anyone else. It's probably not helping anyone else either, but it's ultimately hurting myself. And so just consciously stopping and asking myself those questions is really powerful. And then you can go into, okay, so what am I going to do about it? You know, I can sit here and I can be the victim and I can feel sorry for myself and I can say, why me? Or this sucks or, you know, whatever. But what am I going to do about it? And I guess that kind of then feeds into point number four, which is um, one strategy that I have is really kind of learning to block out the noise. Um, And I've learned that in certain situations, you know, particularly within the workplace, again, we don't get to necessarily choose who we surround ourselves with in a corporate environment, you know, it's not like picking our friend circle where it's like, you know, I'm going to choose choose who my friends are. You don't always get that luxury, you know, unless you work for yourself and unless you then build out your own team, then you can absolutely control and choose, you know, who you want in your team, you know, whose values are aligned to yours, who's going to treat your business with the same love, care, attention as if it were their own business. Um, So you kind of have that luxury when you're working as an entrepreneur, but, um, you know, in saying that you're still having to deal with, you know, investors or customers or stakeholders, which may not always see eye to eye with you. But, you know, if we go back to that corporate environment, um, which is I think where you guys were kind of wanting to kind of know a little bit more around, Um, It can sometimes be difficult to avoid the Debbie Downers and, you know, we've all come across at some point that person in the office that help can't help but to complain about anything and everything and everything's so hard and I don't like this and that person did that to me and it's all so negative. (laughs) And sometimes it's unavoidable. But what I would say is like sometimes in terms of dealing with those types of people, um, you know, whether they are, you know, the Debbie Downer, whether they are the negative Nancy, or perhaps they are just the person who are simply just rude, abrupt, difficult, et cetera, um, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is well, there's a few things that you can do. So I'm not going to say the best thing because I think that depending on the situation, there's different ways that you can handle it. So if you kind of render yourself powerless, for example, in a particular situation, and there's someone in your team that you really, you know, you just don't like, um, you just don't get along with them, but, you know, there's not much you can do about it because, you know, they've been there and they're not really doing anything to harm anyone. It's just 
you don't really love their energy. You don't really love being around them. Um, so they might be a bit of a Debbie down, um, um, type personality then, you know, maybe you want to just try and create a little bit of space as much as possible. So whether you can, you know, physically kind of move to a different location. So you're not in their immediate sort of energy um, and in that immediate sort of bubble um, uh, around that person, you're not kind of like breathing in that energy because I'm such a big believer that, you know, the the people that we surround ourselves with have got an enormous impact on who we become. And I think that you have to try and like, and it's easier said than done, but block out the noise. Um, even if it means just like having to stick some headphones in <laughs> when that person becomes too much and just literally blocking them out or literally going and removing yourself for certain periods of the day and going and sitting and working from a meeting room. Or I guess one of the great things that has come out of this COVID period is increased flexible work arrangements. So talking to your manager about the fact that, you know, you feel like coming into the office and being around that type of a personality is really draining your energy and all also reducing your productivity and then, you know, requesting a flexible work arrangement where perhaps you can work from home a couple of days per week and then you're minimizing sort of that airtime and you're minimizing that um, sort of time that you need to spend being around that person, being around that person's energy. So that could be like one way to approach it. Um You know, I think that if it's someone who is just simply rude or abrupt or difficult, I think that this is really interesting because I think that from my experience, what I found is that most people who operate that way lack self-awareness. So most people that come across as rude and abrupt don't even realize that that is how they are coming across. And to people like you and me, for example, you know, it might be so obvious to just, you know, I, I so pride myself on just manners and energy and being polite and please and thank yous. And even though sometimes you have to deliver a really difficult message, I always believe that there is a nice way to do that. I don't think you have to be horrible. I don't believe you ever have to raise your voice. I don't believe that you ever have to speak down to somebody. And I believe that you can still be really effective, in fact, more effective by taking a more considered, respectful respectful, and professional approach towards delivering that feedback or having that conversation with that person. I think that whenever someone raises their voice or comes from a place of rage, usually it's a reflection of something deeper that that person has got going on. Usually that person really actually, despite what they might want to sort of portray on the surface, they seriously lack confidence. They seriously lack self-esteem. They seriously lack self-awareness. I don't know if I just said that twice, but self-awareness, self-esteem, self-respect. And they really are coming from a place of lack or insecurity because 
nobody who feels completely whole and fulfilled is ever going to feel the need to behave or treat someone in that way. So I know it can be really difficult to be on the receiving end of that because earlier on in my career, there were instances where I was and I've been yelled at um, and had to deal with some really horrible personalities earlier on in my career. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, But I learned how to build resilience. I learned how to be able to deal with really difficult personalities. I learned to realize that even though sometimes it felt really personal, it was never a reflection of me and it was always a reflection of that person and whatever that person had got going on in their life. And when you can start to recognize that pattern in these types of personalities, you almost can develop a little bit more compassion and empathy for that person because you realize, wow, like I actually feel a bit sorry for you because you must feel so bad about yourself that this is the way that you feel you need to speak to and respond to other people to make yourself feel better about yourself. And that is sort of the root of anyone that I've experienced that has ever behaved in that way. People have never been solely completely satisfied or fulfilled as to who they are as a human being and felt this real sense of enlightenment and purpose and all of these wonderful things and behaved in that way. Just complete misalignment. And so really recognizing that that person's probably really hurting and that person's probably got some really deep stuff going on and trying to look at it from a lens of kindness and compassion. And I'm not saying it's easy to be like yelled at and then feel, you know, sorry for that person. (laughs) I know that because like I said, I've been there before, like earlier on in my career and um, it was horrible to be on the receiving end end on that, but just framing that context up and being aware that no one who is feeling fully fulfilled or happy about themselves is ever going to respond or react in that way. So they've clearly got something going on. And so in terms of how to address that, then my recommendation would be to try and talk to the person directly if you can, if it's possible, if you feel comfortable to do that, um, letting that person know, you know, giving that feedback as quick, as immediately as you can. So not waiting for four weeks to pass and then being like, oh, a month ago, you made me upset because of this, that, and the next reason, but actually addressing it sort of in real time or or maybe letting that person calm down if they're in a really frazzled state or in a state of rage or, you know, however extreme it could be, letting that person kind of calm down and knowing that you're probably not going to get your point across in when that person's enraged and, and operating from that state. 
But then trying to address the feedback as quickly or soon after that as possible and letting them know, you know, maybe even just taking them out for a coffee and saying, you know, I, I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, what happened, you know, the other day. Um, it really upset me when you came at me and you yelled at me in front of the rest of the team. I felt very belittled and I really didn't appreciate it. And, you know, moving forward, I'd really like to work out a way that the two of us can work together. And if we don't see eye to eye in a particular situation, then perhaps we can agree to disagree, but perhaps we take our differences behind a closed door and we have that conversation ourselves and we can work out a solution together. But I really didn't appreciate the way that you spoke to me. And, you know, it's not something that I'm I, I can tolerate, you know, moving forward. And just setting really clear boundaries for yourself so that you're setting the standard in terms of, you know, what you're going to accept as well. Because if you just sit there in silence and you and you say nothing and you do nothing, then you're almost enabling that behavior because there's no repercussion. You know, that that person isn't going to learn from that experience. Whereas if you actually tell them that these are my boundaries and you crossed a boundary and if it happens again, you know, there's going to be a problem um, in a, you know, in a really nice way. Um, again, doesn't have to be confrontational. You don't have to come across as really defensive, but just think about, you know, how you would want to receive feedback and try and deliver it in that same way and really set that standard and set that tone. And then if it continues, then there's ways that you can escalate it. So, um, for example, you could go to that person's direct manager and you could, you know, inform them of the situation and let the direct manager deal with it and handle it. Or you could go to HR and you could, you know, if you need to, you can lodge a formal complaint against that person's behavior and you can get them to handle it. You can get them to, um, conduct an investigation and go through the proper processes and procedures in order to really address it. And so every workplace should um, have some policies and processes in place in order to handle this. It's called a grievance resolution procedure. And there are absolute steps that you can take in order to make sure that, you know, your concerns are being addressed appropriately. So, um, they are just a few ways that you can address it. I really try and encourage people to talk one-on-one with that person and just try and take the high road. I think you can never go wrong when you take the high road and try and address it with that person respectfully, um, you know, away from other people. Don't do it in front of a group of people. Don't do it in front of a team. Nobody likes to be belittled um, in front of other people. That is probably the worst thing that you could do to someone. Um, take them aside in private. Try and remove them from the environment. Take them out to a cafe or, you know, somewhere nearby that's not sort of in the same vicinity. You know, don't go into their office because that's their space. You know, go to going to a meeting room or going to a cafe is like neutral territory. Um, and so the environment and things like that can really matter. And I think the other thing is like, you know, the other thing that I wanted to cover is like, if that doesn't really speak to you and if it's more just the fact that, you know, you're working in a really toxic environment, you, um, that's just the culture of the place. 
you know, this is how everyone operates. This is how everyone speaks to each other. Everyone's rude. Everyone belittles each other. Everyone raises their voices. And you realize that that is just not in line with who you are. That's not in line with your personal values, your personal value system. Then I think you then sort of once you've kind of tried to go through those motions of being like, okay, cool. Can I, you know, do something for myself to make this environment more, more, pleasurable or enjoyable or can I get something good out of this situation? Yes or no? You know, can you actually take some steps and address it with the person or escalate it internally to be able to, you know, change something positively positively change the culture? Yes or no? If you try all of these things and if you're in an environment that just is so misaligned to who you are and makes you completely miserable, then I think you really have to ask the question, is this really where I want to be? (laughs) Do I actually want to remain in this, you know, toxic or enter the blank environment that is really not serving me? Is it worth it? Because I think that there are certain things which you know, just cannot cost, like you cannot put a price on your health and your happiness. So if you're working in an environment that defeat, this feels completely deflating, that makes you physically sick, that is so negative and toxic and makes you feel bad about yourself, I think you really have to Make a decision for yourself as to what are you, what are you willing to trade here? Because in my mind, the two things that I will never trade anything for, you cannot pay me enough to trade me and, and to cost me my health and my happiness. Like those things are everything to me. I value those things higher than I value money or um, value a title or a particular job not worth it. And so I think you really have to understand what are your own personal values. And if your personal values are not aligned to the people that you're working with or for, or the company that you're working for, then I think you really have to ask yourself, you know, should I be here anymore? And is this a time that I actually just cut my losses? And it might not even be losses. It it could be that you gained some resilience. It could be that you gained some great experiences. There's always a lesson that can be learned. Even in the most horrible, horrific experiences, I'm such a big, big believer that there's always a lesson that can be learned. So what is the lesson here? You know, what can I really take from this experience that is really going to help me make better decisions in the future or help me get ahead in my career or help me to achieve this goal. Um, So I never think that you can really lose in those situations, but I think you do need to recognize when it's time to draw a line in the sand and when something is no longer beneficial and when something is no longer serving you. So I hope that's really clear. And just to summarize again, so the 
five key strategies that I shared in order to remain calm amongst a chaotic corporate environment and to deal with difficult people is firstly to get yourself into a good state first and do things like, you know, set up a great morning routine, work out, practice meditation, mindfulness, make sure you're building in self-care and times to decompress and de-stress and make sure that you're looking after yourself first before you go to work for someone else. The second strategy is to focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't. The third is to really block out all of that noise and learn how to deal, you know, with these difficult personalities and um, difficult people. The fourth is really around, you know, taking some sort of action, um, whether it is, you know, escalating or, you know, having a meeting, confronting the person. And the fifth is to recognize when something no longer serves you and to remove yourself from a negative or toxic environment. So I hope that you found those strategies useful. And for those of you who had reached out and requested this topic, I really hope that that helps give you some real tangible insights and practical tips that you can apply in your life and in your career. And if there are any particular episodes that you guys really enjoy um, or any topics that you want me to talk about in terms of corporate life or in terms of mindset or personal development or career, business, anything like that, let me know. I love hearing from you guys. I cannot tell you how touched I am by the daily impour or outpour, I'm not sure how to phrase that, of um, messages, reviews, comments that come through in terms of how much these podcast episodes are helping. And so as long as you guys are enjoying these solo episodes, I am going to keep recording them and let me know what particular topics you want me to cover. I'm always open to making sure that this format works for you, that these topics work for you um, and are things that you can really benefit from. And the just one final thing is, like I said at the beginning, if you guys are enjoying this show, then please remember to subscribe, rate and review. It really takes like two seconds to do so and I cannot begin to tell you how much that helps this podcast grow. And also what really helps is recommending it to a friend or a family member, someone in your network, a peer, colleague, whoever it might be that you think would also enjoy listening to these episodes. That goes a really long way. And also um, sharing it on your social media. Um, Take a screenshot of this episode and let me know if there was a particular takeaway, if there was something that stood out for you, if you enjoyed this episode. Um, That also goes such a long way. So, thank you so much. If you have been listening to me for the last 
54 minutes or so. I really appreciate it. Um, I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope that you have a beautiful day or evening, depending on when you are listening to this episode. And I will be back next week with a brand new episode of the Boston Hills podcast. But for now, take care, look after yourself, put yourself first, and remember to fill up your own cup because that is the thing that is really going to help you to be a better employee, worker, boss, leader, wife, husband, mother, father, sister, brother, you know, fill in the blank. Um, You know, looking after yourself first is not selfish. It's necessary. So um, I hope that you enjoyed it and I can't wait to see you guys and speak to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Boss in Heels podcast. Be sure to visit bossinheels.com for a ton of information, resources, and articles on all things career and personal development. And subscribe to this podcast for all future episodes.